Hey, Reality Carp. Uh, I'm coming to you right here from my own home into your home. Uh, we have in my house, uh, Gandalf's going to be the preaching audience for this morning. Uh, but wanted to just be able to share from my heart to your heart and open up God's word with you. Uh, this is going to be a little bit unique, kind of different. Uh, but as I've been reflecting on what we need most as a people, uh, we need the word of God. Psalm 12 verse 6 says that the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. We're wondering where we can get right information. We're wondering whose word we can trust. And the greatest thing I could ever do uh, for you, uh, sheep, flock, who I love and who I long for and miss, is to be able to present God's word to you and open it up with you. His word is trustworthy. Uh, The psalmist says it's refined, it's proven. We look far back into the past and we remember God's faithful. And so we can trust him to continue being faithful long into the future. And so we're going to open up a psalm together. Don Whitney uh, has probably my favorite quote when it comes to the psalms. And he said this, he says that God gave us the psalms so that we would give the psalms back to God. It's been said that for every emotion, every feeling, there is a psalm to be able to express it to God and be able to train ourselves to rightly think, feel, and process through these things. And so together, I want to open up Psalm 91. So you can turn there in your Bibles. I'd love you to have your Bible with you so you can be having your eyes on it. We're going to be going through this and the teaching this morning, it's going to Uh, fall under this title, in the shadow and security of God. So once again, I want to, before we dive into the psalm, just tell you I miss you. I miss being with you. I long to be together again. This isn't the most natural thing, uh, but praise God for technology. And let's keep praying and longing for the day we can be together I want to be encouraging you as well to be in the word yourself. Uh, The reading plan we're going through, the Murray McShane reading plan, uh, the pastor's heart was that wherever anyone was, uh, his flock would be able to be in the same scripture together. Uh, And so I think that's really important. I want to encourage you, dive into it where we are right now. There's no guilt for maybe not having done it or miss a few days, but together we can be in the same scripture Uh, with one another through that reading plan. Now, without further ado, let me read Psalm 91. We'll pray and walk through it and see how uh, the psalm instructs, instructs our hearts and teaches us. Psalm 91. This is God's word. Hear it. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday 
A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is God's word. Let's pray. Lord, above all else, what we need is you. We need your faithfulness. We need your word. We thank you that we have both of those. And so, Lord, we open up our hearts to you. We have so many needs, God. But first and foremost, our need is to be right with you and to be in relationship with you. Thank you that you know what we need before we even ask. And I just ask that this time of teaching would be helpful to the people of Reality Carpinteria for your glory, that our eyes would be on you. As a king of old prayed, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You are our helper, you are our fortress, you are our refuge. We look to you, almighty God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So the question is, where do we run to? When we're afraid, where do we run to? And the psalmist clearly, plainly lines it out for us. He tells us that in the shadow and security of God, we are safe. And so we're going to walk through this psalm under two headings, that we're safe in the shadow of the Almighty and that we are in the security of God. First, we are truly safe in the shadow of the Almighty. Verses one and two, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my trust, my God in whom I trust. Here we see four names for God. He is first the Most High. This is to say that he's the self-existent one in the universe and he's the one who created the universe. He is before all things and he's above all things. He's not one option among many church. He is the only true God, as the book of Isaiah says. And as we come to his shelter, as we dwell there, the psalmist says we will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I want you to remember, God is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. There is no one stronger than him. And when you're afraid, when you're afraid, church, whose shadow would you rather be in than the shadow of the almighty God? 
He goes on, the psalmist speaking in the first person, he says, I will say to the Lord, and the Lord there is all caps, and you probably know, but let me remind you, this refers to the personal name of God, Yahweh, the one who says, I am who I shall be. I am who I am. God has not changed in the last two weeks. He is. He is the Lord. And as the psalmist encounters this God, he reminds himself of who he is. He turns even more personally, claims these things for himself as his God. His God is his refuge, his fortress. He says, my God in whom I trust. And so we see that knowing the person leads to prayer. The psalmist is going to go from talking in the first person, I, 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 to instructing you, you. Let's look at verses three through six. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, which are feathered wings of a bird. And under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. That word buckler refers to a small shield as opposed to a big one, one that you can carry on your hand. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. God will preserve, protect, and deliver his people from all their fears. Listen to the things that he'll do. He will deliver from the snares of the fowler. A fowler is someone who catches birds and lays traps. The idea here is all the trappings, all the plots and ploys against God's people will not come to pass. Except through the hands of God. He is in control. Pestilence. It's a word for disease. Church, disease isn't outside of his rule and his reign. God is still on his throne. He is the same today as he was two weeks ago. But not only is he in control, but he covers his people with his pinions, with his wings. It's the idea of a, of a bird covering its young ones, protecting them. Church, this is care and control. I remember when I was in fourth grade on the 4th of July, my family went to buy fireworks at a fireworks stand that was sponsored by my school. And midway through uh, waiting in line, a man came and uh, had a gun and he held up the place. He had a bandana covering his face. It was a scary thing. The guy working the cash register He threw to the ground, he kicked him on the ground, took his wallet, took the money. But I remember in that moment, uh, some of it was obscured for me because my dad stepped directly in front of me. I couldn't see a lot of it because he was there. My dad was gonna take care of me. He did that by stepping in front of me. If anything was gonna befall me, it had to go through my father first. That is just a glimpse of the care and control of our God who is in control over disease and cares for his people 
who shelters them in the shadow of his wings. And not only that, but he is faithful. You might not be able to depend on a lot of people. We see some of the reality of what we already knew to be true, that we live in a depraved world. People pulling knives on each other for a roll of toilet paper. Losing their mind over canned goods. But I want you to remember that God is faithful. His faithfulness is as a shield and a buckler. A shield in the times of static, staying still. He is faithful. And as a buckler, as we go forward, as we, as we leave places, as we need to uh, live life, God is going to protect us there too. He is faithful. He does not change. Verses 5 through 6, they deal with our fears. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Have you ever thought you heard something in the middle of the night? Do you maybe fear what may happen today? Do you worry about sickness and disease and all these things going on? God is able to deliver you from your fears. In the psalm, the span of time reaches from the wee hours of the night to noonday. It encompasses everything. God is faithful and you are safe in God's shadows. Verses 7 through 10. Show us that God will protect and deliver you, people of God, even when everything is in chaos. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. The Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. You may wonder at the reading of these verses, that's great for those who aren't wicked. But am I righteous? Who is this promise truly for? Well, the psalmist clarifies verses 7 and 8, who is the righteous one, in verse 9, and then he personalizes it. He says this, this will happen for you because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. And then he breaks out once again to declare who his God is, the Most High, who is my refuge. And church, before we even dive further into knowing all these things, I want to personally tell you in this time by the grace of God and the internal testimony of his spirit confirmed by his word. I and those my friends who know God have been able to say to each other, he's my God. And it assages all of our fears. He is my God. Is he your God? But in the midst of this, we need to ask a question. Does this mean Christians will never suffer? 
Christians will never lose. Christians will never get sick. Deliverance from all pestilence. A plague not coming near your tent. What do all these things mean? Verses 11 and 13 are going to show us. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. God will bring us into a kingdom. That's a truth. There's some kingdom language going on as we're going to see, but I want you to turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 4 because this verse comes up in the Gospel of Matthew. And the unlikely quoter of this verse is Satan. As Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, he was tempted by the devil. And Satan said to him this, the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Here we discover that this psalm is both a prayer for the people of Israel and for us still today, but it's also a prophecy about Jesus. It's a messianic psalm. And Satan misquotes it to Jesus. He essentially says to Jesus, there's a kingdom for you and it can come without a cross. But as we watch Jesus, we learn how to trust God and how we are delivered into the promises of God. Does trusting God mean I'll never get sick? Does it mean a disease won't come near me? Does it mean I won't lose my job? Some of you may have already experienced those things. Does it mean you're outside the providential care and love of your father? No, it doesn't. Look to Christ and how he trusts God to deliver him. We know the Lord Jesus sums up the Christian life in the, Garden of the uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he says to the Lord before he goes to the cross, would you relieve me of this? Yet not my will, but your will be done, fathers. Church, Jesus will come back and he will establish a kingdom. One in which we tread on serpents and snakes, on which lions don't devour people in which nature is restored to what it was always meant to be, a place of peace, a place of prosperity, a place free of disease and illness and sickness and death. But this kingdom comes through the ministrations of a cross. The way in is through his death for our sins and entrusting his work on the cross and in his resurrection. And let me assure you, all these promises will come true. There's coming a day where God's people will reign on the earth under their Lord and King Jesus Christ, where sickness won't run rampant. But they come through Christ. Christ is coming again. 
Let me remind you in this crazy and terrible time, Christ is coming to the earth again. But I need to ask you, are you in his kingdom? How? How do we get into his kingdom? It's really simple. We repent of our sins. We receive his forgiveness and his righteousness. We rejoice in him as we long for his coming. And then we repeat and we trust his rule on this earth. He's coming to establish his kingdom. His kingdom today rules in our hearts over his people. But one day he will truly fully establish his kingdom on this earth. Are you in his kingdom? Church, in Christ you are safe. Not only from some of these things that are happening in life and in his providential care, but you are safe from the devil's accusations. The psalm speaks of a lion. It speaks of an adder, which is another name for a snake and a serpent. All of these are words for the devil in the Bible. The accuser comes and spreads fear and accuses us of our sins. But in Christ, you are truly free from his accusations, not because you have not sinned, but through faith in what Christ has done, you are forgiven. Your judgment day has already come and you can look forward to the coming kingdom of God with anticipation and great hope. In Christ, you're saved from a disease. How? Well, not in that you won't get sick, but even if a disease kills you, you will rise in the resurrection. And so this is what enables obedience. The knowledge that the worst things we could imagine might befall us, but a better day is coming and we will rise again in the resurrection. And we will be with Christ forever as he establishes the new heavens and new earth. We're safe in the shadow of the God and we are in the security of God. We're in the security of God. There's another word for security. It's an old word. It's surety. It's a pledge that's made on another's behalf. Let's say I was going to go to court and I owed a million dollars, but someone pledged surety for me. That means they would be willing to pay the price even if I could not, that they would be on the hook for it. Christian, that's what God has done for you. He said, I promise to bless you if you do this. And even if you don't, I'll fulfill this on your behalf. And he sent his son to do it. In verse 14, God speaks. Just listen to his promises. Listen to how many times I comes up. The Lord says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Church, think of how he's loved us. He says, because he, the believer, holds fast to me in love, 
all deliver him. As we think of how he's loved us and sending his son, how could we not love him back? He says he'll protect us because we know his name. You know the name of the maker of heavens and earth. And as the psalmist says in another part of this book of Psalms, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Because we hold fast to him in love, not fear. Because we persevere. It says, when he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him. Do you hear the invitation from our God? He says, when he calls to me, I will answer him. God calls his people to pray to him. We need to turn to our God in prayer. One of my prayers for us, church, is that we would not so much only grow in our knowledge about God, but in this time, as we have many hours alone, we would truly know God in prayer. And he's going to do this for his own glory, to show that he is great. He'll rescue us, he'll honor us because of his name and because he knows, because we know his name. In verse 16, the promise of all promises. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Here's our blessed hope. As we've already spoken, the worst may befall us, yet we have the salvation of God, the coming kingdom, a sure and promised resurrection. So church, be people of great hope and courage. Instruct your kids to put their trust in God One of the greatest verses I think we could memorize as a church right now is Psalm 56, verse 3, that says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in God. Let's do that. We are in the shadow of the Almighty. We are in the security of God. And we have this hope and we must share it with our neighbors. Oh Lord, would you please give us opportunities and courage and hasten the day when we see you again hasten the day where we get to worship together again. I love you, church. I long to be with you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Ah, Thank you. It's honestly, God, it's food for my own soul right now. God, we thank you that in your shadow we are safe doesn't mean that hardship won't come. Lord Jesus, you yourself promised in this life we will have many troubles. But you are able to deliver us from them. Not an easy life here and now, but a future life that is eternal. And you've put your spirit inside of us. Our spirit cries out to your spirit. Abba, Father, thank you. Thank you that you haven't left us as orphans. Thank you that you will glorify yourself in this earth. We pray, God, please, would you give us a vaccine, a cure soon? Would you be with those who are treating the ill? And would we be your people now? 
You tell us we are salt, we are light. You say you are the vine, we are branches. We abide in you. We're in your shadow and you're in your security. Thank you for the hope of Christ. It's in his name we pray, amen.